0: Listeners, <laughs> hello! <laughs> Welcome to our first ever official podcast. Um, I'm Scotty,
1: and I'm Melissa,
0: and uh, this is Gals and Gore. <laughs> so I guess we're a little nervous because this is weird, right? Like yeah, you know, so weird listening to yourself talk.
1: Mm, yeah i don't do it well
0: and watching yourself talk
1: yeah it's weird but i mean i guess we, oh you go <laughs> <laughs>
0: i guess whoever's listening can't see us um so
1: thank god you know, i look I like am dog shit, but you know there you go
0: <laughs> perfect um well obviously as you can tell um gals and gore this is a um true crime podcast because um we love true crime and, uh, I think we've always loved true crime We yes. have since, you know, definitely since we've known each other, which has been a long time, but way before that too. Oh
1: yeah, for sure. Um, I can remember like being really young, uh, with my mom watching the OJ Simpson trials. Ooh. I was super young. So like, way to go, mom. You raised me the right way. Like super proud. Yeah. And then
0: uh, also, like, the Scott Peterson case was on TV at the time. I remember watching that. I don't know. uh, Sorry, Mom and Dad, if you're listening. I don't, you know, I don't know (laughs) if I was, like, allowed to watch that, but I remember seeing it. Um, And I loved it. Also, Law & Order SVU. Like, Mm. wow.
1: Yeah. Olivia Genson, my girl crush forever and ever.
0: Yeah. Can we just talk about that obsession for a second? Every girl, I think every small girl needs to watch Law and Order SVU. Um, that teaches you all about the bad things and how to stay away from them.
1: Yeah, not to mention all the things that you learn, like the sassy one-liners from Detective Totola. Oh. <laughs> he's my, you know, do, um, he's my. Do thing. you
0: have any any one-liners that you would <sighs> like to share?
1: No, maybe for the next one, I'm gonna find some, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Bring them around.
0: Bless our um, listeners. Yeah, because um, <laughs> she definitely has the one liners in SVU. Oh, yeah. You can use those on your teachers. Yeah. You can use them on your pets. Yeah. Um, your kids. Your kids. <laughs> For sure, your kids. Um, I think we also have a lot of sassy one liners. I'm sure we'll confuse people, but we'll get to that.
1: We'll get, we'll get to that. Yeah. Okay. We'll do it. Everybody will just have to acclimate to these accents and the things that we say, like all of our crazy analogies. I know we have quite a few, but they'll get there. Yeah. Okay. They'll get it. Yeah.
0: I think uh acclimating. Um well first of all, you know, we're from Louisiana. Yes. So um we're a couple of country bumpkins
2: mm-hmm. and
0: um you know, Alyssa's from the heart of Cajun country, and uh, I'm from Piney Woods, Louisiana.
1: I rode which my is... alligator to school, so just so everybody knows. What? <laughs> what did you say? And I rode my alligator to school, so just for everybody. You know, like, people really do believe that. People really do believe that people in Louisiana have, like, alligator, pet alligators, even though my neighbor does have a pet raccoon who roams the streets. Um, but people believe that we ride alligators or like lawnmowers for fun, which I do know some people ride lawnmowers. Um, one of my cousins who is from up north, they came down, um, for like the summer and we passed in front of a Walmart and they were like, y'all have Walmart here? (laughs) Ew. I was like, we got a Burger King too. (laughs) Probably
0: a little trashier than yours, but we got one. And I just think that that's absurd um, because it's impossible to ride an alligator. They're yeah. too low.
1: How to the the would you do that?
0: That's a low rider for real. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you would bottom out on every curb. <laughs>
1: yeah, all the potholes we have here in Louisiana. That would never work out. How silly.
0: Silly. Silly. Mike. Too silly. <laughs> anyway so (laughs) we're obsessed with uh reading thrillers novels we love scary movies pretty much anything where somebody's gonna get murdered we are all about it um i don't want to be murdered personally but i think that's part of the fascination with true crime especially as women um the more you know yeah
1: the
2: more you
1: know. Uh, Signal the rainbows, you know, the more you know. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think that the fascination with true crime is the, for me, is the idea that there are so many sick people out there who actually do this. So, like, honestly, anywhere I go, I'm always looking at people thinking, "Mm mm-hmm, yeah, I bet you got a couple people in your basement.
0: Hmm, yeah, the psychology of it for sure. Mm-hmm. And then definitely, you know, targeting people and say like the Walmart. Yeah. Um because you never know. Mm-hmm. Um other than you know, an obsession with true crime, which first of all, you know, we know people have true crime podcasts. Everybody's done a true crime podcast, Um, but this is just what we love and that's what we wanted to do. So we're gonna do it. Yeah. Um, and I think we're going to cover like a lot of international cases, I think that don't get as much attention Mm -hmm. and uh, some things that you've never heard of. Like, I know our first case is, uh, super disturbing.
1: Oh my God. So sick.
0: (laughs) And I'm really excited to get into that, but it doesn't even take place in in the States. It was a, a German case. So very cool. Um, other than that, we're kind of a couple of old ladies.
1: Definitely, definitely like a 90-year-old woman in a 20-something-year-old body. I won't reveal my age because I'm a true lady, but... <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, we, um let's see, pastimes include um, reading in the rain with a hot cup of tea,
1: mm-hmm. uh, knitting... knitting.
0: We both said that at the same time. We love to knit, crochet. We make blankets. Um, We both have backgrounds in English, so we do love to research.
1: Um, And a a sick, sick obsession with Harry Potter.
0: Oh, we can't even. Oh, my gosh. You know, we might start a Harry Potter podcast. This could have started out as a true crime podcast and it'll turn into a Harry Potter podcast because (laughs) when she says sick, she means sick every day. We watch, we, we talk about Harry Potter at least once a day. So get ready for that. Um, yeah. So we, uh, yeah, most people think that we, uh, the way that we talk is hilarious, but we think that, um, we are hilarious. Yes. So, um, first things first, if you're not into dark humor, no, it's not for you.
1: not, this for is not
0: the show for you. I'm
1: going to say it's a no for me. And get out. out. <laughs> get
0: out. Just leave. <laughs> Shut the door behind you because it's going to get spooky. It's
1: going to so spooky.
0: Yeah, and so, funny.
1: So we'll post all relevant pictures and um, some details to our Instagram page. Gals and Gore um, is our Instagram handle. And we will also post a picture and link our website on our Instagram. So you can find us there.
0: Okay, Alyssa, do you want to tell them a little bit about how the show is going to work?
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. So every week, Um, One of us will find a true crime story to our liking, whether it be murder, disappearance, um, Mm -hmm. something spooky. Um, And we are going to present the case, and then you and I are going to just kind of have a conversation about it. Um, We're going to pick at it until we can't anymore, and we're going to give our theories.
0: We're going to pick at it like an old rotisserie chicken.
1: Pick at it like my one-year-old does her nose.
0: <laughs> that one is disgusting. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. So uh anything else like she said, we're gonna post uh on Instagram, website, all of our sources, for research. Most of that's not super interesting to talk about, but we will have a place where you can find it. Um so without further ado, let's get started.
1: Okay. So today um, I'm going to tell you about the Hunter kaifak murders. Okay.
2: Ooh.
1: Yes. Okay. So Hunter kaifak murders. Um, oh man, I don't even know how to start this case. You know that whenever I was researching it, it literally fucked my mind up. Like I was laying in yes. bed last night and I was completely convinced that somebody was in my house, just watching me, waiting for me to fall asleep so they could murder me. Which um. <laughs> weird because
0: you are like the creepiest person that I know. And you like watch scary movies with your kids for fun. So <laughs> when you messaged me, you messaged me at 1130 and you were like, oh my God, someone's in my attic. And I was like, uh, <laughs> no, probably not. <laughs> but if If it creeped you out that much, I'm really excited to hear the full story of this because it sounds insane.
1: Yeah. I mean, this case gave me the willies. I didn't go to sleep until 4.30 in the morning. So put your seatbelt on now. We're about to go for a ride. Okay. (laughs) Let's go. Get it. Okay. Here's the gist of it. The Hinterkaifach murders occurred on a small farm about 43 miles from Munich, Germany mm mm-hmm. okay, on the evening of march thirty first nineteen twenty two somebody managed to lure all six of the family members except for two of them into a barn on the property one by one and murdered them all with a pickaxe what okay it gets weird, so this is already pretty weird. Yeah, this is where the really sad part comes in though so, the six victims were all family all family, except for one. I'll tell them a little bit about <laughs> <laughs> I hate myself. <laughs> <laughs> so I all family, except for the newly hired maid, Maria. Okay, so we have um, husband and father, Andreas Gruber, mm-hmm. wife and mother, Kazelia Gruber, um, their widowed daughter, Victoria Gabriel, and then Victoria's two children, Kazelia and Yosef, and then the maid, Maria. Okay, and we'll talk more about the victims later. Um, So for me, not only is the idea of an entire family being murdered with a pickaxe a complete nightmare, but get this, the murderer stayed in the house for up to four days after the murders, feeding the farm animals, milking the cows, fixing himself some snacks in the kitchen. Um, Yeah, the neighbors even saw smoke coming from the chimney, which is why the bodies weren't found for several days.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: It's, Ew. It's disgusting. I'm uh, sorry.
0: Yeah, that's really freaky. So hold on. So he's, you said that he, he pulled four, or he pulled everybody out to the barn, and he pulled six of the family members or four of the family members to the barn?
1: He lured four of the family members out to the barn.
0: Okay, but then he killed... Six, Six
1: people, yes, okay, so he murdered
0: them. okay, okay, so he murdered four of them in the barn with a pickaxe, yes, okay, like a really messed up game of clue. <laughs> yes,
1: exactly, oh my God, Professor Quarrel in the barn with a pickaxe <laughs> that's who
0: it was. It was a bludgeoning with the philosopher's stone
1: <laughs> okay. Oh, God, yes, that's exactly what it was. Okay, but this case is creepy as fuck from the start. Okay, so I've got to tell you about what happened before, okay? Okay. About a week um, before the murders, um, the farmer, Andreas, he started noticing, like, some strange things around the farm, okay? Outside of their house, he found footsteps leading from the woods behind the farm going toward the home, but none leading away from it.
0: Okay.
1: Okay. Not only that, but the neighbors can recall him complaining about hearing footsteps in the attic, as well as keys going missing to the tool shed, where the murder weapon had been kept.
0: Okay, and he didn't—he didn't seem worried about this. Like somebody's coming out of the woods.
1: Honestly, he comes off to me as like this macho, nobody can get me kind of dude. Hmm. Um, because he never reported any of this to the police, because it was supposed to be this small, sweet town that was safe for families. Right. And I guess he just felt, like, untouchable.
0: And it's also, like, 1922, yeah. you know? I mean, I guess, you know, the idea of, like, murder wasn't probably, I mean, I guess it, it was obviously around, but that probably wasn't, like, in the forefront of everyone's minds.
1: Right, like you live on a farm, you milk cows. He's probably not like, oh my God, let me hide my pickaxe so that nobody can come and murder me and my whole family. (laughs)
0: Yeah, and things go missing on a farm all the time, so. Okay, I I see. I don't agree with it, but I see it.
1: Um, Yeah, I would definitely be calling the police the second I saw those footsteps. Somebody come and look at these right now. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Okay, so. In addition to all of that, okay, he also found a newspaper in his home that he hadn't purchased. Hmm. Okay. Okay, maybe his wife bought it. Mm, I doubt it, but whatever. We'll okay. See. He later checked his tool shed, and he could tell from the damage that someone had tried to pick the locks. And they also found large, long scratches on the outsides of their doors.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's totally normal.
1: Yeah. I mean, he didn't report any of this to the police. Hashtag smart. Not. (laughs) Like, what is wrong with you? Why would you not report any of this? I'm telling you right now. You know me. I heard a branch scratch the window the other night and I was ready to call the sheriff's office.
0: (laughs) I mean, okay, like all of it I can kind of see is like explainable, but until the scratches on the door... Like, that is, it's not like, I don't know, that's not easily explainable. That's pretty.
1: No, I mean, like, it's either a murderer or a werewolf. Which one?
0: (laughs) Take your pick. Yeah, and I mean, I'm sure the police would have a great time with a werewolf. So, um. Professor Lupin. We gotta stop with these Harry Potter references or else Quit listening.
1: (laughs) Done. Okay. All right. So in addition to all of these things, it gets weirder. The family also repeatedly observed a man with a mustache standing at the (laughs) fourth edge, staring towards the house, watching them.
0: (laughs) Okay, I don't mean to laugh, but like, well, he has a very specific mustache. Yeah. Clearly he's a villain.
1: Honestly, in my mind, I'm like thinking Burt Reynolds. <laughs> That's all awesome.
0: Anyone with a mustache is a criminal. Obviously. So if there's someone in the woods with a mustache, you need to go get the police. I don't know if there were, this is probably silly, but you know, like, I don't know what their phone situation was that so they probably couldn't call but
1: maybe they could have sent a letter. Oh no they definitely couldn't have called but I mean they could have told somebody shit. I mean hey, no hey Bert Reynolds is out in my field. He's teleporting
0: back over there obviously. Oh my gosh. Okay. Now we've okay so we've got mass murderer Bert Reynolds. I apologize to anybody who has a mustache. I don't think that you're a criminal.
1: You're not a murderer. But you might be yeah it's okay. You need to double check. Just kidding. Um, no, I'm not kidding. Edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> Back to this mustached Burt Reynolds fellow. If that's not weird enough, okay, uh-huh. their long time live-in maid quit six months before the murders because she was convinced that their home was haunted because she heard voices, things were going missing, uh-huh. and she could hear footsteps from the attic.
0: Uh-huh. Six months before. Six months before. Okay, so there is definitely something weird going on.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't think it's a werewolf. N-
0: no, I don't think a werewolf would be able to fit in an attic, if you mm-hmm. ask me.
1: Oh, you never know. But honestly, probably not. I mean, okay. So, we have all these weird occurrences, right, that happen like, right before the murders. Not, I mean, and these people are just taking no steps towards resolving any of this weird shit going on just like that's okay it's cool whatever I don't know what what these people were on but it was obviously something really good
0: well I'll tell you what they were on and it was a German farm in 1922 (laughs) that's what they were on I'm sure that (laughs) I'm sure that like you know, their mornings started off with eating nails for breakfast and like going on a ten mile hike. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, no. I mean I kind of agree with your macho man um assessment. I'm sure if he's just like oh, got these scratches, no big deal. And yeah. then their maid quits. Girl, I don't blame her. I'd have been out of there too. Yeah, toodles.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Never. For real. Bye. Mm-hmm. So let me just stop here and tell you about this family, because let me tell you something. They are one of a kind. Mm. They are one of a kind. You'll never find another like it. Well, you might, but let's hope not. (laughs) Jesus Christ. All right. So Andreas, the father and the patriarch, okay, he wasn't liked by anybody, Nobody liked this dude because he sucked, okay? <laughs> Not only was he an asshole around the community, but he was also violent towards his wife, and he had a well-known, incestuous relationship with his daughter, Victoria, and they, o- they both actually served jail time for it.
2: <clears> hmm.
1: <throat> both of them. Both. So you mean well, well-known. Well-known girl. They there were trying we to hide it.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: And I'm just like, where's the mom in all this? Um apparently he's beating her back. If he's being violent to her. <sighs> she should
0: have beat him too. Um I tell you what my mama told me. <laughs> and if anybody knows my mama, right before I got married, she said, Listen, honey, if he ever hits you, you wait till he falls asleep and you beat the shit out of him. <laughs> Grandma, <laughs> she said, You go get your licks in, girl.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
0: yeah, I guess this was a different time though. Although, Mama is German, but <laughs> she didn't grow up on a farm anyway. I digress,
1: it's way different if you grew up on a farm, obviously. Yeah, not only did they have a strange relationship between father and daughter, but they added in a little fun element. She had an affair with the neighbor Lorenz Schlittenbauer. All right. Okay.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: So, Victoria was a widow, and not long after her husband died, she decided to take up an affair with lorenz and she got pregnant not long after. And he thought that he was the father of the young, the boy Joseph. Um, but it turns out that the father of Joseph was probably Victoria's dad, Andreas.
0: Oh, okay. So I wonder how um, Andreas felt about this relationship between the two of them.
1: I will tell you. I will let you know.
0: I'm jumping the gun. I'm just so excited. Okay, keep going.
1: Um, Victoria actually took Lorenz to court for child support. Um, And Lorenz kept saying, He's not mine. He's not mine. He kept claiming that he's for Andreas. Um, But Victoria told him, Um, will you drop the case? I'll marry you. But Andreas would not allow it.
0: Oh, okay.
1: He would not allow it.
0: So he didn't want his daughter get married to somebody else.
1: No, and get this. Lorenz was the person that turned in Victoria and Andreas for their ancestral (laughs) relationship.
0: (laughs) Oh, talk about... Talk about revenge. Okay, so he knew. Oh, ew, that means he knew about it Yep. way before that, and then he got mad and then turned them in. Okay, cool. Cool time. Fun. Fun. I didn't give a damn. Oh, family fun farm. Okay, let's go. (laughs) That's really creepy. Okay.
1: Okay, but he eventually just gave up on Victoria and married some other gal, so, like, what a lucky woman. Wowzers! Ooh, would have wanted to be at that wedding yeah but by 1922 victoria had redeemed redeemed herself because um she actually became a renowned talented singer in the church choir <laughs> who needs incest when you've got a voice like mary mother of jesus <laughs> <laughs> well i mean you know there are a
0: lot of ways to redeem yourself but there's no biz like showbiz.
1: Yeah, obviously the choir is numero uno. Then, yeah, you sounds like you're preaching
0: to the choir because uh, yeah. incest is not good, people.
1: Obviously. I mean, yeah. kind of concerned, but I don't know these people. Sounds
0: like the pastor to redemption. Okay, I'll write that one down in my notebook, and then, you know, the next time something happens.
1: The next time you fuck up, just join the choir. Straight to the choir. Think so hard out. No issue.
0: Got it. <laughs>
1: okay. All right. Let's get on to the murders. Okay. Okay. So the day of the murders, um, the new maid Maria was actually hired that day.
0: Um, that's that's uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Unfortunate. Suspect. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it is unfortunate, but it's also suspect. Okay, no.
1: Yeah, but she died, so.
0: Oh, mm, okay, yeah.
1: Maria, rest in peace, girl. So, the day of the murders, Maria's sister escorted her there and then left the farm around 6 p.m. So, her sister was most likely the last person to see the Gruber family alive. Um, Okay. Yes. So late in the evening of March thirty first, um, Victoria Gabriel, her seven year old daughter C- Cazilia, and her parents Andreas and Casilia were lured to the family barn through the stable where they were murdered one by one. Hmm. Yes. And then Maria, the maid, and Cazilia's son Joseph were murdered in their beds. Okay,
0: so that's what happened to the other two. Yes. Yeah.
1: Oh, All right, horrible. are you ready to hear about the bods?
0: Yeah, tell me about the bods.
1: Okay, so Yosef, who was only two years old, oh my mm-hmm. mom poor baby, hurt. He was found in his bed um, and he was killed by a heavy blow to the face. The top of the bassinet stroller that he was laying upon was completely destroyed by the pickaxe.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, so they just went hacking.
1: Yes, and in the same room that he was laying in was Maria's dead body. She was also murdered in her bed. Um, and she was also killed by several blows to the head, but her face was crusted with blood. One of her head wounds was four centimeters deep. Wow. The thing that's different about Maria is that she had bedclothes pulled over her body, like the killer was trying to just conceal her.
0: Okay and so so when you say bedclothes a lot of people don't know that terminology you're talking about like their sheets right yes the
1: sheets
0: because we've had this conversation before where we say like i'm going to change the bedclothes and everybody's like what are you talking about <laughs> so yeah i guess that's another southern thing but so she so she's got crusty blood on her face which is dried and he pulled the sheets up to try to look like he was covering her up yes okay
1: which can be seen as a sign of remorse, you know, right? Isn't that a sign of remorse?
0: I mean, I guess it depends on, you know, what sociopath you're talking about.
1: (laughs) I've watched a lot of Law and Order, and every time the victim's face is covered, they're always like, "Mm mm-hmm, they must have known this person.
0: I guess it also depends on, like, when ooh, you did just say that? They must have known this person. Yeah. See, that's what I was telling you because she had just gotten hired, and that is weird to me that yeah. she had just gotten hired and that this happened. So I'm wondering if all of this is connected to Maria. Oh. But anyway, um,
1: all right. yeah, yeah. Now for the rest of the victims. All right, we have the widowed daughter of Andreas and Cazioia, Victoria, Um Her skull was completely smashed, and her head had nine star-shaped wounds. She also had strangulation marks on her neck, and the right side of her face was completely smashed with a blunt object.
0: Hmm. Sounds personal.
1: Super personal. She was one of the only victims that had, like, extensive damage, and she was one of the only victims who had, like, strangulation marks around her neck. Okay. I'll get to the other one in a little bit. Okay. Well, so then we have her father, Andreas, who was so badly beaten, his cheekbones protruded from his face. The <gasps> flesh on his face seemed almost shredded, and his face was caked with blood. Oh. Like somebody just took the pickaxe and just started just going at his face.
0: Yeah. This sounds like it, whoever it was, they sound like they were really angry.
1: Yeah. Um, Kazilia Grub- Gruber the mom, um, she showed signs of strangulation too. And she had seven blows of the head leading to a cracked skull. And she also had bruising near her right eye.
2: Hmm.
1: Yes. And then we get to our last and final victim, young Kazelia, the daughter of Victoria, this poor girl. Her skull was completely smashed in her jaw was shattered and her neck and face were covered in large gaping wounds from the pickaxe um mm. the right of her face was a big circular wound and her face was just smeared with blood but that's not the worst part her hair was discovered in clumps in her hands she was not killed instantly she spent hours in that dark barn next to her parents dead bodies she was probably in shock And she probably didn't know what to do. And she just pulled out clumps and clumps of her hair in terror. Like, she was poor. Um, Later on, it was determined that um, if she would have been found within, like, a day or so, she probably would have survived her injuries.
0: No. Yes. Wait, how old was she? Seven. Seven. Who does that to a seven-year-old? Right. Sick. I wonder if you... If he, if it was, like, an accident that he had left her alive. I mean, obviously, she must have been making some noise.
1: I don't know. I mean, you really don't know, especially if she had, like, a terrible brain injury. <sighs> she might have passed out from, you know, all of the pain and then woken up later.
0: Oh, my gosh. That's horrible.
1: Yes. Boom. Oh. So, after the killer murdered this family... He stacked all of the family's bloody corpses on top of each other and then covered them with hay.
0: Hmm. Okay. Another possible sign of remorse.
1: Yes. Or like he knew them. Um, so here's the part that really freaked me the fuck out. Okay. Whoever. Okay. None
0: of this so far is what did it for you Is whatever's coming up. Okay.
1: I think I've told you this already, but whoever murdered them stayed in their house for days after they took care of the chores around the farm. They ate in the kitchen. I mean, like what, who does that? So my, obviously somebody who's comfortable with their the surroundings. Right. Oh. Somebody who had nowhere to go.
0: Yeah. It's almost like they're playing house or something.
1: Yes, weird.
0: After all of these after all of these murders. And so like all the bodies are still in the
1: house? All and the barn, barn. and barn? In the barn, yes. And he's just feeding the cows. He's just feeding the cows, making himself a little snacky snack. He's got a fire going in the chimney. I mean he ain't worried about shit.
0: Oh my gosh. Okay. That is really creepy. Yeah. I guess if I get murdered, I just want you to leave.
1: <laughs> you know please leave like please don't hang around my house it's weird go I, away yeah just leave me leave me be so i can haunt everybody in peace don't touch my things yeah absolutely not i'll haunt you for real so sick mm. Ugh. So- i wish people could
0: my face because <laughs> that is just Really depraved. I don't know, that's just so creepy and weird.
1: It's almost worse than the murders because it's like he was just so comfortable with doing this. And he obviously we think he might have felt remorse because he covered them up. But why would he just stay around the house?
0: Maybe he was covering them up because he wanted to live in the house for a while and he didn't want to look at dead bodies.
1: I mean, maybe so, because I was going to say, you know, like if I would think if somebody was remorseful about killing, they would leave. They would try to get away from the scene of the crime as soon as possible and get away from the victims.
0: Right. Yeah. Because being around them would cause you like severe distress.
1: Right. So maybe like, I don't want to be bothered by these bodies. (laughs) What the
0: fuck? I mean... Yeah, that's what I can, I mean, that's what I'm thinking is that he was like, yeah, this is such a, this is such a cool spot. I'm really vibing this farm. Um, me hang out here for a couple of days, but obviously these unsightly bodies, let me just, you know, cover them up. We keep saying he, I mean, this could have been a woman. I don't know. Although women are not as likely to murder in such blind rage like that. I don't know. I think this was a man.
1: I do too. I honestly do. So, all right. We've got somebody killed, who killed a whole family and then lived in their home for four days. Okay. Four whole days have passed between the murders and the discovery of the bodies. The time in between, we have several people from um, neighboring farms And sellers and maintenance men who have come around the farm and knocked on the door, gotten no response, tried to walk around. Everything's locked, closed up. So they just leave. Okay. Okay.
2: So weird. So
1: people are like in and out. Yeah. So everybody's just kind of like, oh, no big deal. Maybe I just didn't catch them or whatever. Okay. Which I find kind of strange. Huh? Where are they going to go? Well, that's what I was about to say. Kind of strange because. They, the farm is their life. So they're constantly going back and forth on the farm, doing things all day, you know? So like, why would you not find them on their farm?
0: Yeah. That was like me trying to convince you that you've been in your house for the past three months because of this quarantine. And supposedly last night, a killer shimmied up into your extra tiny crawl space. Yep. um without you noticing to tap on your attic walls and
1: (laughs) don't know I'll be the same after this case oh my god I'm worst killer ever worst killer ever and my poor husband now he knows I'm crazy like he had a hand but now it's like full-fledged like there
0: (laughs) trust me girl it was there before last night (laughs)
1: Okay, so anyway, we have all these neighbors, maintenance men coming around the farm, not catching the groovers, and they, so they just leave, okay, totally fine, whatever. What really catches um, the attention of the neighbors is whenever Kazelia, Victoria's daughter, doesn't show up for school for a couple of days, and the family does not show up for a Sunday worship.
0: Oh, right, because Victoria was in the choir.
1: Right. Yeah. So they were like, Where's our star? Need and they didn't show up, so they were like, Something's off, right?
0: Okay. Yeah. So that's when they decide that's when they decide something's weird here. Let's go Not check it out.
1: Okay. Because they don't even go until the Tuesday. So on Monday, April third, the postman is delivering his mail, getting all his stuff done, minding his own business, and he realizes mm-hmm. that Saturday's mail is still where he left it. Okay, hashtag very concerned. He was (laughs) like, "Uh uh-uh, something's up, got to check it out. Okay.
0: I think that this guy who was living in the house would have at least, like, checked the mail.
1: Maybe, but, like, I mean. Apparently not. Yeah, maybe he wasn't, like, too concerned about bills or.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, the darker side of home ownership. Yeah. (laughs) Bet you didn't foresee that when you thought you got this farm,
1: all those bills. Yep, for sure. So the next day, none only than our good friend Lorenz Schlittenbauer. Okay, wait,
0: let me just stop you right there and say you are being a total rock star
1: with these German names. I'm really (laughs) I hope I'm doing it right because somebody is really gonna rip me a new one. Um yeah,
0: if there are any Germans out there, we apologize for so sorry for insulting your heritage. But I think that what you are saying sounds great, Schle- Schleitenberger, Schlitten,
1: Schlittenbauer.
0: <laughs> okay, Lorenz Schlittenbauer. So this is the guy that was like sleeping with Victoria, right?
1: Yeah. So like Lorenz, aka neighbor, aka scorned lover turned enemy. Uh, <laughs> aka rat since he ratted them out to the police okay okay so he led the neighbors the full beauty and the beast style you know with their little torches to the house okay several townspeople like everybody's like yeah we're gonna go get them we're gonna go check on them okay so, so why
0: do they have okay why do they have torches and pitchforks that they're just going
1: to check on them they don't really have torches and pitchforks, but whenever I read that he, like, led a whole group of townspeople to go to the farm, all I could see in my mind was um, Gaston and all the 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 people in Beauty and the Beast, like, seeing their town. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Going to get
1: Burt Reynolds. Basically. In the first. Yeah. They yeah. Yeah, they were definitely going to get him. Um,
0: yes. Okay. So, there, there um, they go.
1: Yeah. So when they get there, they find the main farmhouse locked. Okay. Mm. Uh, so they entered the barn and made their way towards the feeding stalls because it led through the main house. But before entering the property, Lorenz said, either they have hanged themselves or something else has happened.
0: Wait, he just said that? Yeah. Randomly before they even found anybody? Yep. Mm.
1: Suspect. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. mm-hmm so lorenz goes into the barn and he stumbles over what he thought was an old pile of hay all right but another man also stumbled but he noticed a human foot sticking out from under the door how the fuck did you miss that lorenz <laughs> how I mean, obviously, you're looking for hanging bodies, not feet on the floor. My bad. That's my fault. I'm sorry. I should have really... I should have gotten to Lorenzo's head and really thought about it. But yeah, I guess you're right. Okay.
0: Yeah. No. Um, yeah, what he, quote unquote, thought was a pile of hay that also had a human foot sticking out of it. Totally. Totally normal, right? Yeah. Every, every day, every average Tuesday on a farm. And-
1: Absolutely. So, normal. after this terrifying discovery. Lorenz just pulls on the foot, pulling Andreas's body out from the hay, like totally normal to see a random fucking foot and just grab it, right? Uh,
0: man, I just I got struck a little silent there because I'm just <laughs> thinking <laughs> I, you know, the only thing, like the only piles of things I have around my house is like laundry, but like if I saw a random foot, yeah. Just making a pile of laundry. I don't think I would grab it. The
1: I, last thing I would do is grab it. And pull. Yeah. No. Do I want to see where that who that foot belongs to? No, I don't. And then who does it belong to? None other than your wife. I
0: mean, I'm sorry, your ex-girlfriend's lover, who's also her daddy. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Lover dad. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Paw <Paw-paw>
2: Paul. <laughs> <to the laughs>
1: Oh, yes. Oh my God. Okay. Yes.
0: Sounds like Lorenz. Let me just say before we got it, I feel like Lorenz has a stake in this. I don't know anything else, but tripping over that foot
1: mm-hmm.
0: and just not seeing it. Mm-hmm. A mm-hmm. yeah.
1: yeah. All right. So he then removed the door, Gaston style and discovered the rest of the bodies. Okay. So Here's where the neighbors and the townspeople start to realize that Lorenz is not acting like a normal person should. Okay. They said he had a complete lack of discomfort around the dead bodies when he searched through the hay. Mm. Um, and he was just acting really strange. He also went around and touched everything in the barn, touched the bodies, moved the bodies, touched the hay, and when they asked him what he was doing, he said, I'm looking for my son. <gasps> oh, the one that you denied in court? Yes, yes. Okay. Um, okay, okay. So, they called the police soon after, but his behavior would make him a, a main suspect um, in the investigation, obviously, right? Well, I mean... Like,
0: everybody has different responses to grief or, like, to trauma happening, you know? And I mean, I guess it's not out of the realm of possibility to think that, you know, he saw this family murdered and then, you know, this child that he had believed this whole time to actually be his son. He pulled a foot. I mean, yeah, I know he pulled a foot out, but, like, he's like, this is where, you know, what I believed to be my son lives and there's a dead body. Like, where's my kid? you know? Yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. I guess and then he just, that's right. like this, um, almost like robotic thing. And then he's just like, I've got to find the kid, but yeah. you know, obviously it's super weird to just start touching everything. I i mean, I don't know, unless he was in shock or something, but I just because it wouldn't be my reaction, does it mean that I don't know that it can be someone else's reaction?
1: Yeah, I'm just having a really hard time with it. Um, <laughs> honestly,
0: I mean, apparently the uh townspeople were too because they were like, This is really creepy.
1: Yeah, everybody was telling on Lorenz, mm-hmm. so they called the police in Munich, who arrived a mere 24 hours later. Oh. A police photographer and um, a coroner. <laughs> so these bodies are sitting for another 24
0: hours. Okay, cool, great police work, guys.
1: Right, so um, these police were under the command of George Reingruber. Okay, um, the photographer only took five pictures of the crime scene, um, and in the photographs, they had to be all of the bodies had to be reconstructed as described by some of the men before Lorenz moved them.
0: Well, uh, wait, 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 so so the police show up twenty four hours later, and then they reconstruct the crime scene with the bodies. Yes. Take pictures of them. Yes. Okay. How expensive was film back in 1922?
1: Apparently very, very expensive. This is something you do not want to waste, girl. Five picks? Mass murder? They're really in Six bodies,
0: five picks. (laughs) Call it a day. Get one twofer in there.
1: Yeah, yeah. Get a twofer. Go y'all. So, it must be the camera roll, honey. Oh, you just wait. You're going to love this. You're going to love this George guy. George Ryan, mm-hmm. he's going to be your favorite dude ever. Not. So no murder weapon was found at the scene. Um, and the investigators thought that maybe the killer or killers had taken it with them. Um, and then once they, the police had finished another 24-hour search... Then the pathologist was able to set up a table and perform the autopsies. So this is, like, what, six days after the murders? hmm Yeah, so six days after the murders, then the pathologist got to take a look at the bodies. Oh, okay. All six
0: right.
1: days. Are six.
0: they, they're obviously, like, decomposing already.
1: Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I don't know. He did cover them with hay. <laughs>
0: that's a catch-all for decay right there
1: right so all right the pathologists determined that all of the victims died from blunt force trauma to the head but there were other confusing injuries that might have suggested that there were two or more weapons Um, most of the impacts hit the victims on the right side of the head but we don't know if they were facing their killer Um, and they didn't display any defensive wounds so, that would make me think that they were hit from behind. Or tied up. You know? Or tied up. But there was no evidence to lead them to believe that.
0: Yeah, like no rope or, like, no rope marks or anything. Yeah,
1: yeah no defensive wounds. So, I mean, and if you think about it, how do you kill a whole family one by one without I mean,
0: Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, uh, especially... I mean, even if you're hitting them from behind, you can't, like, right. y- they're still going to know. Like, the person next to me just dropped in a heap Yeah. after I hear a large, blunt object hit their head. You know, that's...
1: Right. That's yeah. weird. So was it more than one killer? You know, what is going on? This This case is just so crazy, and it gets even worse.
0: Or, you know, I feel like... It's all on the right side of their head. What if he's definitely left-handed? That's something they could have thought about. Yeah. But I mean... Because every time he swung with his hand, he was just hitting their right ha- the right side of their head.
1: Right. But I mean, like, wouldn't you see, like, if you and I were being murdered and they hit me and I go down, wouldn't you be like, oh, shit, let me leave. Let me try to fight this person. Yeah. There were uh, yeah. I yeah.
0: also want to know what made those star-shaped wounds too. So weird. Yeah. So
1: we'll get, to, I'll get to that for sure. All right. So excited. The two children were found to have suffered horrifically. Yeah. And the police report describes brain and skull matter spattered on both the roof of the crib and the bed next to Yosef's body.
0: Oh my gosh! That's some hard swinging.
1: I know, Ugh. but unfortunately, by the time the police got to the uh farm from Munich, the crime scene had been so contaminated like you have to think dozens of local people had walked all over the scene, and there was reports that even some people were making snacks in the kitchen waiting for the police what Honey, what is the a Ramsey? In the nineteen twenties, this is it. This is German Gomine Ramsey. What is it with these people in this house making snacks? I don't it must have been a great kitchen,
0: like i everybody, the killer, all these townspeople and like that whose first reaction is that? Like, oh just rolled up on this fan that got murdered. Let me grab a snack. Like, thanks for letting me use your
1: pantry. Sorry you're dead. Great cracker choices. Thank you.
0: (laughs) I mean, not to mention, like, this, you know, Lorenz is touching everything.
1: Yeah. Um, Right. And it takes them 24 hours to show up in the first place. Right. And then they do a quote unquote extensive search for 24 hours, but they could not find any weapon, even though they brought in a canine unit. Okay. Mm -hmm. But a year later, they tore the farm down, mm-hmm. and they find the weapons. No. Yes. Where?
0: So
1: they find them in the attic. Oh, my gosh. So they didn't look in the attic before? I guess not. I don't know. They must have not looked very well. Um. So... Yeah, the murder weapon was found a year later, after the form was torn down. The weapon was identified by George Seal, who was a farmhand helping out Andreas Gruber. And he is the one that said that Andreas had made the pickaxe himself. How fucked up is it that you make a weapon, and then you get murdered by it? Well, I'm sure whenever he was making it,
0: he wasn't like, wow, this would be great to kill somebody with. (laughs) You
1: know, I don't even... I don't even know what you use a pickaxe for. Honestly, I'm not really sure. And I don't want to know. I would think it has something to do with farming, maybe, or ice. (laughs)
0: Yeah, maybe. um, But (laughs) definitely not murder. I mean, I don't think that was its original intention. Probably Um, not, but you never know. Yeah, definitely looking like water. So. That was my very first artisan good I ever made,
1: and now it's murdering me. Okay, but now here's where the crazy wounds come from. Okay. The uh, pickaxe was constructed very unusually, right? So it had a large nut and bolt that was protruding from the backside of the tool, which the police now believed, caused all the unusual puncture or star-shaped wounds.
0: Hmm. So he had, like, basically flipped it around and beat them with the other side, too.
1: Yeah. Oh, he, he used it all. Oh. Okay. Um, and then there was a knife, a pin knife, um, that was probably used to slit Kazilia's throat, but it was never confirmed for sure. Now, both weapons were tested for fingerprints, but they didn't find any.
0: Hmm. Did they? They did fingerprints back in the day. Was this du- during the time of fingerprint stuff? I'm guessing. Hmm. We need to do some research on that because if they're, I mean, obviously, if if the police report said that they didn't find any fingerprints, but like, don't you think that would be common knowledge? Like, not to touch everything.
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess. I don't really know, though. This person who came in and murdered them, they had no idea when they would be found or what the state would be, you know? Yeah. They put the pickaxe up. Yeah. Or maybe the person who did it knew someone in the police force and knew that they wouldn't find the pickaxe for quite some time. Mm. Find it for a year until a year later.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Definitely some suspicious circumstance.
1: Right. So before I get to the suspects, there are a couple of things that I feel like you should know Okay. about this case. All right. So in the attic, the police found human feces and crumbs of food. They also found beds of hay that could have muffled footstep sounds like the maid heard. Oh, okay. Okay, so there was some evidence that there, were some, there was at least one person living in the attic while they were living there. Yeah, don't you think
0: you would smell human feces coming from the...
1: Maybe, but I mean, they do live in a farm, and yeah. I know that a farm can smell terrible. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. So much shit, you don't know what shit is who's, so you just
0: love it. Uh, It's true, especially with all the hay mixed in and...
1: Yeah. uh, Awful. With finding this, they determined that whoever had murdered them had lived in their attic for about six months before they murdered them.
0: Oh, so about the time that the other maid had quit. Yes. What? So this person was living in their house for six months. Yeah, I, wow. I guess he really liked it. He really liked their house.
1: Yeah, he really did. <laughs> Obviously,
0: he really liked the attic.
1: Homes in nineteen twenty-two, Germany. Um, <laughs> oh, then we have our rising star, George Ryan Gruber, okay. detective. Dun dun. All right, he he sucked. He was so terrible. He literally walked into the crime scene, took, like, one round, looked over it, and decided that it was robbery. And then he went back to Munich. Oh. And left it. Okay. Um, it was robbery? Yeah. Did they even find anything stolen? Not that I can find. So, the only things that I could find were that they did have some decent sums of money laying around and some jewelry around the house, but the detective dismissed it as peasant jewelry. So excuse me.
0: (laughs) Wait a minute. What does peasant jewelry look like?
1: (laughs) I don't know, but I'm sure it's all I have. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Can you explain that to me? Is that something that you like you bought at charming Charlie's like 20 years ago and then left out in the rain? I mean, Peasant jewelry, and none of it was missing. And so there were also sums of money around the house that was also not missing.
1: Yes, correct. But it was a robbery. Yes, correct. All right. So jewelry. Okay. Glory. So he sounds like such a dick. Yeah, I think I really do believe that he was. God, I don't even like him. I don't even know the man. It's like look at him, and I'm like, yeah. Victoria's room is the only one that showed signs of being ransacked. So if robbery was the motive, the killer would have had plenty of time to search the whole house and take in whatever valuables they could find. Right? They had four days.
0: Yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah, quite a while.
1: Right, so could it be possible that the killer knew the family like we had talked about earlier? I mean they were covered and normally a covered victim is assumed to be an indication that they don't want to face what they have done to someone that they know or love. But I don't think that this is the case because we also have Maria, the new the newly hired maid being covered and she was basically a complete stranger in the house. So why cover her too?
0: Well, I
1: mean, I don't know. I mean,
0: it, it's almost like why murder her too? You know, like if he did say he just knew everybody in the house except for Maria. It's like you can't leave one alive.
2: Yeah.
0: And I kind of have a feeling that maybe this person is like mentally disabled a little bit or like has some sort of like disability because like maybe they felt like maybe he did it and then he felt ashamed afterwards, but then also like not an, not ashamed enough to not live in the house with the bodies afterwards. But yeah, that is weird that he would, Try to cover them, and then continue living in the house. I don't know. Right.
1: Yeah. So, despite a large reward, there was really nothing more found by the police. Kind of sad.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it it sounds like they didn't really look that hard.
1: Yeah. (laughs) 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 Walks in. Oh, this was definitely a robbery. Look at all this peasant jewelry. I mean, this was was odd.
0: This was a highway peasant jewelry robbery. (laughs) That's it.
1: Okay, so I don't know if you're ready because there were a ton of suspects. There were over 100 suspects in these murders, ranging from family members, ex-lovers, known robbers, gangs, murderers, vagrants. They're there. You name them, they're a suspect.
0: Basically, if you live in the town, you're a suspect.
1: Yeah. This case became so notorious that accusations were just like being thrown out just because people didn't like each other. Kind of like the crucible. Like I saw Goody Putnam with the devil just because <laughs> you didn't like her.
0: Okay. Just, sounds like the witch trials. Okay. <laughs>
1: Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, as I said before, the police first suspected the motive to be robbery, and they interrogated travelers, vagrants, several people from surrounding villages, but they abandoned this theory whenever they found the sums of money around the house.
0: Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to the first episode of the Gals and Gore podcast, part one of the Hendrick murders. Tune into episode two next week to hear about the bizarre suspects, theories, and updates that surround this case. We'll see you then.
1: Wow.
2: Wow! Wow!